This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Luke DeCock of the News and Observer has been uh, covering the Carolina Hurricanes for uh, over uh, over five years. We'll just leave it at that. We don't need to date anybody here. And he joins us, as he always does on Friday. Uh, the Hurricanes clinched the division last night. I'm not sure you're aware of that. I'm, I know you're aware of it. So uh, how do you sum up this season that, and that they, the fact that they were the second-best team in the NHL? With all of their challenges, how do you how do you kind of balance that? Well, I mean, one, I, I think it says a lot about the way expectations have changed and perceptions have changed that the Hurricanes could be the second best team in the league, could put up that kind of consistency over the regular season despite all the hurdles that they had to clear, and yet everybody's going into the playoffs acting like they snuck in as the eighth seed and have no chance to win because. And I get it, like, right? It doesn't feel like everything's going smoothly. It doesn't feel like everything is going well. You look at last night and the goals they gave up and then the goals they scored and then the goals they gave up again and then the goals they scored again. It doesn't feel like, you know, the goaltending is, is very good and the power play is obviously garbage and guys are hurt, but it's still a team that put up 113 points <laughs> in the regular season. That's a, that's a crazy number. And you go back to where we were six years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, it would take two years to put up 113 points. So I get it. Like, I'm not saying that people are panicking for no reason. It doesn't feel right. But it's also the kind of situation where you start from zero. And, and I do think this team has been in a sort of motivational dead zone for a couple months now. This is a chance to, to refocus and, and play for something real. Luke DeCock of the News and Observer is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show at Luke DeCock on Twitter. Uh, the the amount of we can't win among the fans, right? The amount of that, the uh, the gnashing of teeth over the inability to do all of these things. I think in in a way, it defies logic that they finish with the second best record in the league, right? They were just thirteen, eleven, and one in their last twenty five games. That's a pretty long period of time. That's almost a third of the season to be a 500 hockey club at the wrong time. Yet, they're still where they are. They did it without, we have, at best, league average goaltending. They did it with one of the, you know, tw- 10 worst power plays in the game. They already had scoring issues going in, uh, independent of their own power play woes. And they have a somewhat depleted roster among the forwards that were supposed to score. And yet, here's where they are. Does it say something about the coaching, about actually the players and how they go about their business? Yeah, and I think it says something about the depth of the roster. You know, you look at the guys who are on the third and fourth line. These are much better players than they were even five years ago, than they were in 19 or 20 or 21. You know, the the continuing development and talent progression on the team, whether it's young players or making a, you know, a, a, a splash for a guy like Kokiemi who's starting to really round into the player he was supposed to be all along, you know, those things end up mattering in the long run. You know, you build your talent base, you, you upgrade, you develop. These are all things that, that benefit you in the long run. So, you know, when you call up a guy like Jack Drury, you haven't rushed into the league. He's had time to develop and play in the A and, comes up and can contribute on the fourth line. So, you know, I think this is all part of what good teams do. They win when they're not at their best. They put up points 
when they may be frustrating to watch. And not everybody's going to be the Bruins and do everything right all the time. But the fact is, we've forgotten how hard it is sometimes to go 13-11-1. and one. Um, You know, that, that teams that face this kind of adversity might go, you know, 8-16-1 in that stretch and fall down the, the rankings. We saw it with the Penguins. We saw it with the Capitals. These are not untalented hockey teams. But, yeah, I think it, it talks to the coaching it talks to the, the, the sort of senior leadership in the room, whether that's guys wearing letters or not. And it speaks to the depth of talent up and down the roster, the depth on defense, the depth on the third and fourth line, that you can lose some of your top players and still grind out enough wins to win the division. Uh, and, 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 you know, even if it came down to game 82. That said, I do think the Islanders are a better matchup for them than the Rangers or Panthers would have been, and that that actually is a pretty good spot for them. Oh yeah, there's there's no question. If we were if we were picking and choosing who Carolina could have played among the three options going in, Carolina got the most favorable option. Uh, but as I always caution, anybody can beat anybody. So for sure, you still got to go out and perform on the ice. Uh, I know you have been a Freddie Anderson uh, is the guy that they need to uh, that gives them the best chance. Are you still in the Freddie Anderson camp? Freddie Anderson is the guy that gives them the best chance to win. Yeah. No, and I still feel that way. I feel like if they're going to win the Stanley Cup, Freddie Anderson is, is still that guy as, as badly as he's played because his ceiling is so high. But I also think, you know, you can maybe, if you've made it through the regular season, going with three goalies and rotating through, there's no reason, there's no rule, there's no right. law that says you have to pick number one guy for game one and play him until he stinks. You know, you can, you can go into it with a plan, and Rod's done this before, to say we're going to play, you know, Ronta in game one, which is what I think they should do based on the way they've played recently, go with Freddie in game two and make a decision who we're going to start in game three later, later, and maybe we'll just keep alternating them if we're doing well. I don't have any problem with that. The, the idea that you have to have a number one guy matters if you have a number one guy. But the Hurricanes have a 1, a 1A, and a 1B. You might as well just, you know, treat it like December and just play Play the guys and see who wins. You you would start Ronta game one, correct? I, I would, yeah. No, I'm a Freddie guy, but I think he gives you the best chance to win on Monday. Yes, uh, I would start Ronta. I have a goalie ranking for the playoffs. I wanted. To, I was waiting for you to come on to give this to you, Will. Uh, Will, uh, Luke, gosh. Uh, Ronta, one. Kachetkov, two. Uh, Yaniv Peretz, the kid from Quinnipiac, three. <laughs> Trip Tracy, four. David Ayers, five. Greg Goldberg, six. Mighty Ducks fans will get it. Uh, Frederick Anderson. Well, first of all, I disagree wholeheartedly because I'd have George Olives on there, too. <laughs> Ahead of Freddie. No, look, Freddie hasn't been good, and he, he looked good at times last night, and he looked like he was had completely switched off at times last night. But I think you've got to find a way to get him the reps to, to in the playoffs because, you know, one, eventually he either is or isn't going to dispense with this playoff bugaboo that he brought yeah. with him from Toronto. Um, you know, the, this, 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 you know, monkey on his back that he's not a playoff goalie despite what he did in Anaheim. Um, and then obviously last year he never gave himself the chance to dispel it because he was out right. with the entire Rangers series. So, um, you know, I think you have to give him that chance. If you look, if, if you play Ronson in game one and he plays great, and you play Freddie in game two, and he plays like he did in the third period last night. Then, hey, then then you get, then you go with the guy who gives you the best chance to win. But I think in the long term, if you if your goal is to yeah. win sixteen games, not four games, you need to find a way 
to try to get Freddie Anderson hot because he gives you the best chance to win 16 games. Doesn't mean you can't do it without him. But I think when you look at everything, getting that guy going is going to give you the best chance to beat the Bruins. It's going to give you the best chance to beat whoever comes out of the West if the Hurricanes get that far. That said, you know, if Ronto's playing well, I got no problem. No problem starting in Monday, Wednesday, and seeing where that goes. Yeah, like uh, you could play Ronta until he breaks, which might be Monday. I'm to be perfectly honest, that's his history. Um, and it's funny that Toronto always blamed Freddie. Yet, does it make a difference who the goalie has been? They haven't won. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's I don't Toronto. Blame Freddie too much for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't blame Freddie too much for that. But he also hasn't had the chance to dispel that. Right. That's um, no, because 100%. of the injury last year and because of how long it took him to get the playing shape. This is a chance for him to dispel that, even if he's not in his best form. I think you still need to give him that chance at some point. Two, uh, two, two more quick things about the Hurricanes. Then I want to ask you about a couple of other uh, college, uh, college-ish things. Uh, the first is, are, do you have any level of optimism that when they drop the puck Monday, the person who is impersonating Tavo Teravainen will leave and let Tavo Im- take o- take over his own body? I mean, they're running out of fins to play him with. Uh, you know, it's it's that was always the you know the 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 magic button for Tavo when he was in one of his funks was to put him with a couple fins and, you know, let them talk finish and he would be okay. I, I don't know. It just, it hasn't been a great season for him. Um, top to bottom, you know, he's an extremely talented player who can make great plays. He's another guy who, quite frankly, you and I both know this. If he wants to stay here, he needs a big postseason. Yeah. Because the contract's going to become an issue. So if that doesn't motivate him, I don't know what will. The fact of the matter is his regular season was not good enough to earn him a contract extension. He's got to show something in the postseason or the Hurricanes with a a year left to go on his deal are going to have to make a move this summer. I don't think anyone wants that. I think he likes it here. The fans like him. He can be a great player. He can can be a point producer. Um, He certainly gets the opportunities to do that. Just for whatever reason, this season, it's looked like preseason table. I mean, he's uniformly terrible in preseason games. And it's almost like he never shook off that funk all year. And Look, we all know he's not like Mr. Bubbly. He's not a stand-up comedian, although he has an extremely funny and dry sense of humor. I mean, I, I think he's one of the funnier players yep. on the team. If you stop and listen to him, um, he's he's really. But he's you know he can be a little dour at times. I think they got to find a way to 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 get him going and and get him you know a little more active and all all those things you say about a guy in a slump. But you know he doesn't have to be Mr. Happy. He just has to be Tavo Terramind, and that's that's usually good enough. Yeah, I think he unlocks everything. I think if they get the best out of Tavo Teravine and makes the power play better, uh, it makes five, their five-on-five five play better because whoever he's playing with is going to be more effective. Yeah, that to, It's so critical for their overall success. And we, you, we've we already talked about it, that this team, with all their challenges, managed to win, uh, get 113 points, second-best in the league, they have they won the toughest division, I think, in the sport in the Metro for the second straight year. Um, how do they play? How do they have to play to not only win this series, but beat the Rangers or Devils in the next one and and get, kind of break back through to the conference finals? 
Adam Gold in studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I mean, I, I, this is this is some classic hockey cliche. I, I think they need a few breaks to go their way. You know, they, they need to play the way that they that, that 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 makes them successful, right? Which is, you know, very tight defensively, foot on the gas with the puck, out shooting teams, out chancing teams. And getting enough goaltending where they're not out shooting the other team 12-1 and down one nothing, which is sort of the nightmare scenario with this team. And it kind of feels like, you know, what happened every game of the Rangers series, win or lose last year. So they, they, they need to score and score early. I think that's the thing that's going to give this team the most confidence. Um, you know, a little reward for that effort, a little reward for those shot totals makes everything easier. So, you know, it's easy to say me sitting here saying, oh, well, just score more, you know, just go hit more home runs. Um, but but I think that if we see that early on in the playoffs, that is going to have a steamroll effect where everything else is going to be easier. If they're playing every game and it's a one-goal game and they're out shooting the Islanders 42-15, to 15, you know, we're going to get into some of the mental issues they had last year against the Rangers. And especially with the way the last month, month and a half, two months have gone, you know, they're, they're prone to that right now. Yeah. So I just I think a little positive reinforcement at the beginning would go a really long way for this team in terms of its, you know, its four round potential, not just its first round potential. Again, that's not like saying, oh, well, let's move a guy to the other side of the power play or switch up the lines. It's not something tangible that Rob Brunner can put on the whiteboard uh, tomorrow morning at practice. But I do think that's going to be the critical thing. If there's a little positive reinforcement early in that Islander series and things go well, they will snowball. If there's not, then it's going to be that uphill slog that we saw last year and, and we've, we've seen for the last month to a certain extent. Yeah, I think if uh, if they play their normal game, I think they'll get past the Islanders. Don't 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 veer off it. Play play that game. You'll beat the Islanders. I don't know if it'll be better to beat the teams that can score more when you give them the slightest opening. I don't think the Islanders are necessarily that team. All right, final thing for Luke Tukak of the News and Observer, at Luke DeCock on Twitter. So are we going to do the thing again like we did a year ago? Uh, I know Duke didn't go to the national championship game and have a 15-point lead on the eventual champ, uh, but they're going to return Kyle Filipowski and Mark Mitchell and Tyrese Proctor, and my guess is probably Jeremy Roach. They're going to return four starters, and they're going to have you know good players coming, and we're going to make them like preseason number two. Uh, we can do the same thing? Well, yeah. I mean, I think we are because I don't think there's any argument there. I mean, I think especially if Roach comes back, you know, they're the, they're, they're, they look like the best team in the country, whether they are or not. I'm not sure they're the best team in the ACC. I mean, I think Miami's in that conversation, whether Roach comes back or not. But, uh, yeah, no, and I, look, I, teams, don't, teams like Duke don't return four starters anymore. I know UNC did. Um, last year, and 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 that was a but that was a different situation. Yeah. UNC did not have a history of excellence. It had a history of a first round NCAA tournament loss, six good weeks, and then they came back as preseason number one, hoping to get to you know build on that momentum and didn't. 
Duke has a history of winning an ACC title, of being pretty good throughout the season and getting better throughout it, um, and then losing a, an NCAA tournament game that was, frankly, a, a tough matchup. And not, I'm not making excuses here that you have to play through it, but it was not the best officiated game of no. the tournament. And so, you know, you look at all that and say, well, yeah, well, Duke's got a much higher ceiling. I think Duke had a much higher ceiling at the end of this season and will have an even higher ceiling to start next season. Now, you know, what happens to Filipowski coming off the surgery? Will he be ready? It's almost immaterial when you have that much talent coming back. And a guy like Mark Mitchell, who was just scratching the surface last year with his athleticism and his length and his ability to do, you know, he's got a little bit of, He's a different player, but in terms of being a Swiss Army knife, he's got a little bit of leaky black in him. You know, that, that's a guy who can do a lot of things, who can defend and, yeah. and rebound. And, you know, when he scored 10 points a game, they won, period. You know, so uh, there's a lot of talent there. I don't have any problem if people want to say okay. number one. I'm not going to make that sort of pronouncement yet. I'm going to wait and see what happens elsewhere in the portal and, and whatnot. But, I don't have any problem if you want to say today Duke's the best team in the country for next year. And quite frankly, when you have that kind of talent coming back, those are the expectations you put it, just like UNC did. Uh, I would compare Mark Mitchell to Justice Winslow in that can plug him sure. anywhere, yeah. right? Um, yeah, good. no, there's that, there's that too. Although Mitchell never tripped anybody that I know of. Well, and Justice Winslow, don't forget, Justice Winslow came into college a man. He, he had a 25-year-old's <laughs> body as an 18-year-old. Mark Mitchell's not there yet. No, you're right. But 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 in terms of his role and the role that he could play for a good team, he could play the Justice Winslow role for Duke next year just as a sophomore instead of a freshman. I love Justice Winslow. One of my favorite players. Uh, one of Literally one of my favorite players. At, dude, that, that whole team had a uh, tremendous personality to it. Uh, Luke DeCock, as you do, uh, I will talk to you and see you soon, my friend. I appreciate your time, as always. All right, Adam, take care. You got it. Luke DeCock of the News and Observer. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.